uh, of our train series, part two of our train series. During this series, we're looking at uh, our motives and what is pulling us, what's pulling you. Last week, we, we looked at love and how love, uh, love really motivates all of us to keep going. Uh, but the thing about love is when I say I love my wife, that means a different kind of love than when I say I love tacos or I love Mexican food, right? Uh, but we can be motivated by a love for the wrong thing. So we're motivated by a love for self, a love for money. Uh, and that is why uh, we need to continually be assessing our motives and reflecting, uh, why did I do that? Did I do that out of a love for God or did I do that out of a love for something else? Because we want a love for God to be what is spurring us forward. And we need to have God be a part of that. And because of that, we want to invite God uh, into this place this morning. So if you guys would just, just, just put your hands out, palms up, close your eyes. Just a posture of surrender. Take a deep breath. And remember that God is just as near as the air that you're breathing. God, this morning, would you give us tender hearts? Uh, to your word. Help us to put away the frustrations of this past week. Uh, help us to put away the distractions of the coming week. Let us fully focus on you and what you have for us. Uh, we come empty with nothing to offer but surrender. God, fill us up this morning as only you can. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, that was kind of weak. Let's try it again. All God's people said, amen. thank you. Let's wake up, y'all. All right, hey, our verse for the series is 1 Timothy 1, 5. 1 Timothy 1, 5. You guys will say that part in the yellow out loud with me. It says, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. We need love. We need the love that comes from uh, a pure heart. That's, that's how we feel our feelings. A clear conscience, facts, the things that we no, and a genuine faith, a faith that's authentic. Uh, and on the train that is our life, we're going to be pulled primarily uh, by one of those things, by our feelings, uh, facts, or faith. And so we're kind of diving into each week into one of these. Uh, those are all a part of how God has created us. I don't want to say that like we want to just discredit any one of those. Those are all a part of how God has created us. But when we get those in the right order, uh, life goes smoother. It's a smoother ride. Not a perfect ride, but it's a smoother ride. And uh, when we get them out of order, it causes friction. It makes things heat up in our lives. My dog Blitz uh, has a tail that's about this big, okay? Uh, and he's a big hoss, all right? He's, he's a big boy, all right? He's not a big dog. He just eats a lot. Okay, he's wide <laughs> if you're traveling. Uh, but when he gets excited, his whole body starts wagging. His tail's about this big, that little tail is shaking all of him. He's excited about it. And when it comes to these different areas in our life, our facts, our feelings, and faith, uh, some of us, we're letting one of those areas pull us wherever it goes. And we don't want to be a dog where their tail is wagging the dog, right? Uh, Blitz's tail is a part of him, but he shouldn't be letting his backside lead the way. That's the definition of, uh, never mind. Anyways, God created us with uh, heads, hearts and hands, our, our facts, feeling, and our faith. That's a part of how God created us. It's not sinful to have strong feelings. Uh, it, it's not wrong to use the mind that God has given to you. Here's the rub. Satan, he counterfeits what God creates. God created us and wired us to have all of those parts as who we are. And Satan counterfeits what God creates. He wants us to disconnect 
uh, whatever part of us that he can. He wants to use whatever part he can deceive us with. I got to get something from back here if you'll bear with me for just a second. I brought my toys to church today, okay? Got my little toy train here. I'm gonna get it all set up. Make sure I don't mess anything up here. You wanna talk about stressful? Putting together a toy train with everybody looking at you, you can feel like I've got the pressure on me. All right, I got one on there. He's on the tracks. He's almost on the tracks. There we go. And last one. All right. Boop. He's falling off. It even has smoke, y'all. All right, let's see if this thing goes, all right? Got this little train here. Uh, all right, it's got three parts to it. Uh, each part of that train uh, has a different purpose, right? When you see a real train, they've got different types of cars. They're not all the same. And this little toy train, uh, it was designed, it was designed to be used in a particular way. And when you use it the way it was designed to be used, it's at its best. Uh, when it comes to us, our motives, we can be motivated by facts, feelings, and faith. Those are all a part of us. Uh, we can't just disconnect them. They're, they're a part of who we are. But what happens is we take something that we have. It's a good part. But sometimes we get them out of order. And when we get them out of order, um, it causes some friction. Now, this train, all right, it may go all the way around once it starts going, right? It's going. I don't know if you noticed that first car's doing some bouncing as it's going around there. Uh, it's got some friction. It might make it all the way around this whole track, but because it's not being used the way it was designed to be used, there's some unnecessary stress in the process. This guy's like doing a wheelie. He's barely on there on the front wheels, but he's still going, okay? I'm gonna turn this off, there we go. But here's the deal. We were designed to operate in the same way. God designed us to operate in a way. And when we get our facts, faith, and our feelings in the correct order, it makes life go smoother. Not perfect, but it makes it go better. And when we get them out of order, it causes unnecessary stress and friction. Every part is a part of us. We have facts, right? We use our head, we have feelings, we got our heart, we have faith where we go and do things for others. I don't want to minimize any of those, but this series, what I want us to do is to evaluate, do I have these in the right order? And this week, you know, we're going to zoom in and look at what happens when we put facts. When we use our brain, we put that at the front of the train, being pulled by what you know, being led by your head. Now, these are the people you'd look at and you would say, these people are Vulcan, right? Like they are looking to make the right choice, the intellectual, the logical choice. Uh, they might champion saying things like, uh, facts don't care about your feelings. You ever heard anybody say that? That's right, pretty common saying. Uh, if this is you, right? I know this is some of y'all in here. Don't worry. We've got two weeks where we're going to talk about the other people, okay? If this is you, you're used to people saying things to you. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Do you realize how that made them feel, right? And then they also go, what are you thinking? Like literally, what are you thinking? Because it's like Spock, just straight face. They don't know. Uh, if you're there and you're sitting there thinking, that's me. I'm a very analytical, uh, fact-driven person. Hear me on this. There is nothing wrong with using the head that God has given you. 
like nothing at all. But every, every strength that we have, that any person has, inherently comes with a weakness. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. There's a shadow side to every strength that we have. Let me give you an example. Uh, if you're an incredibly disciplined person, all right, you create a rigid structure for your life. Some of you guys are kind of like that. Like, you know, you got that plan, you got to go down. Uh, by definition, that means you are not a flexible person. It's a strength, right? You're very disciplined. That means your weakness, you're not a very flexible person, right? You have to have a plan. You would not like to have someone spring a, a prize on you. Nothing wrong with being rigid and disciplined, all right? But if you're unaware of that shadow side, when a surprise happens, it might make you react a little differently if you're not aware of that. Uh, same thing is true. If you're super flexible, right? You're just going to go wherever you want. You might not be super disciplined. Those things don't typically go hand in head. And what we want to explore is what happens when we're led by our facts. And so I want to evaluate some of the, the strengths of le leading that way. And then also some of the downfalls of being led by the facts. Being led by the things, when I say facts, I mean the things that you know to be true being led by the things you know to be true. Uh, one of the biggest components of being a fact-driven person is that you're looking at life in, uh, in a more black and white sense. You, know, you are looking at the numbers. It can give you a level of confidence in how you approach things because you're looking for the clear, measurable metrics to inform your decisions. Uh, because uh, to the fact-driven person, it is not a feeling, but it's a choice based off of substantiated claims and it gives you comfort because uh, facts are facts, right? They aren't subjective. They are what they are. It's a fact, it's truth. Now, we all rub shoulders with people like this and they have a clear sense of uh, how to get to where they want to be because they've done the math and, they've, and the numbers don't lie, right? Uh, people that are led by facts, they have a plan, a calculable plan to get to their desired outcome. Um, an incredible strength to be able to do that, to have that sense of comp, say, no, I've looked at the numbers, I've looked at the plan, this is how we're gonna get there. But every coin has two sides. That sense of direction and clarity being led by facts is amazing. The other side of that coin is that we are all emotional beings. Uh, we all have feelings. Uh, when we give the keys to our head alone, we tend to neglect or maybe suppress our feelings. Uh, there are people who are incredibly smart, uh, smart analytical people, but oftentimes they tend to struggle to connect with people. It's like having a conversation with a robot. I think about Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. He's like, big brain. He don't get how to connect with people, right? And I got to be real with y'all. Uh, when I feel a little stressed, where I'm feeling the pressure, that's kind of where I default to, to looking at the facts and the situation uh, and trying to just process it. Uh, I'm not perfect. None of us are. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for progress. But when I feel the stress, when I feel some pressure, I kind of revert to my default is, look at this situation analytically and look for the right choice. That's what I revert to. And I want to process those things internally. And so I want to just give a little example. Here's how that manifests itself in the most important relationship with any person on this planet, right? In my marriage, we have a decision that needs to be made, right? It's a big decision, whatever it is. And they're, you know, big decisions that they're multifaceted, they're, they're nuanced, there's not always a clear right choice uh, but to say yes to this thing is you're going to have to say yes, to, no to these other things. And Kelsey and I are discussing what we're going to do. And then she'll, she'll ask me a question, uh, something that I'm supposed to respond to. Uh, and what do I do? I'm just like buffering, right? Like I'm t processing all of this data and I'm sitting there with this blank face, just taking it all in. 
Now, while I'm sitting here uh, non-emotionally buffering, what is my wife thinking? <laughs> he doesn't care. He's not listening. This doesn't bother him. And none of those things are true, right? But if I'm not communicating what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, how would she know? Me processing the facts and using my brain is suppressing the emotions that I'm feeling, which can lead to a lot of friction in relationships. And I can't let my head get in the way of what's happening in my heart. And that's one of the biggest downfalls to being led by your head. You struggle to connect emotionally with those around you. And we need to connect emotionally with those around us. Uh, it's a part of us, our, our feelings. Well, we're going to dive into that next week. And another thing I want to be sure to mention is that when we're led by facts, things that we know to be true, you are only as healthy as your information is accurate. You're led by what you believe to be true. Uh, and there are uh, tons of examples. I've got a few of them, but there, where something is widely accepted as truth. Uh, and then it ends up being no longer accepted as truth. Uh, a few examples of some things that were widely accepted, but then changed. Uh, hey, Pluto, you guys remember Pluto? Used to be a planet, right? 76 years, and then it was reclassified. It's no longer a planet. It's a dwarf planet. Um, and, and longer than that, uh, I, got a, I got an image on this one. This is a, a, a doctor and a cigar, cigarettes. Uh, the top part reads, give your throat a vacation. Smoking's not that bad for you. Medical professional, right? So give your throat a vacation. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, your, infer, your health, when you're led by your facts, is only as accurate, you're only as healthy as your information is accurate. And there's these times where everybody thinks we're on the same page, but we're not. Uh, uh, so there's a doctor smoking at this one. Uh, you can't really read the text on here. It's kind of string, small, but uh, it says a map of a square and stationary earth. Um, this is a flat earth uh, theology professor, right? This is literally what this was. This is, I think, um, it's got a date on there. I think it's like 1893, something like that. Uh, this is a, a Bible college professor. And he's saying uh, that this is... Um, what the earth looks like. And it actually says this, um, and you, I'm sure you can't read it, but this is what it says when you zoom it in. It says, 400 passages that condemn the, global th the globe theory, that's like how we know the earth is now, uh, or flying earth and none sustain it. Uh, this right here is a picture with like the earth like a meteorite because we're moving that fast, okay? For years, they thought the earth was flat. This uh, educated individual is saying that. Right? It's funny how maybe we're coming back around to some of these flatter things. But anyways, there's, there's times where people think they know this is the truth, but you're only as healthy as your information is accurate. Uh, you're only as healthy as your information is accurate. And I'm not making a political statement when I say this, but um, it's not everything, but there is such a thing as fake news. Like that, that's just true. Like you can't believe everything that's out there. I, I want to say that uh, because for those of us who have a tendency to lead with our heads, we are only as healthy as the information is accurate. We can't believe everything that we hear. Uh, to correctly process what's happening around you, you need the truth. Not what somebody else thinks is true, not what you perceive to be true. We need the truth. And when we look for truth, the, the starting place needs to be God's word because his word never 
changes. Instead of God's word changing, it actually changes us. And when it comes to truth, things we can know, things we can take to the bank every single time, without fail, God's word is at the top of the list. If we're only as healthy as the information is accurate, and if God's word is the truth, the next logical question is, do you spend meaningful time in the word? Do you spend serious time getting into your Bible, getting into the word of God? And I want to be clear, I'm not uh, about uh, the amount or the time or the frequency that you get into the word nearly as much as I want to talk about the quality of time you spend in the word. Because I think sometimes in some Christian circles, they say, read your Bible every day and people just read it, check box it. That's not what we want. Uh, think about it like a workout. If I went to the gym every day for an hour, every single day, 60 minutes. Uh, but while I'm at the gym, I never really broke a sweat. Would I see much change? Like I would just go there and kind of like walk around and talk to people. I have my headphones on. I mean, I'm, I look like I'm doing something, but I'm not sweating. I'm not doing anything. No, I'm just checking the box off that I went to the gym. Now, if I went to the gym for 30 minutes a day instead of 60, but it's literally half as much time. But for that 30 minutes, I'm focused on training. I don't stop moving. I'm dripping sweat onto the ground the whole time. I'm getting after it. Which one's going to have a greater impact on my health? The second one, right? I'm all for a daily quiet time, getting to the word, but it isn't a box to check. When we say, all right, now I'm on to the next thing. Uh, we want to spend meaningful time in the word. We are prayerful about uh, what God has shown us. We're expecting the Holy Spirit to move us where we sit down, get into the word, and we are ready to receive something from God. It's not about the, the quantity. It's about the quality. It's about the quality. Um, and I just, I just got to shoot you straight. If you're not being shaped by the truth of scripture, uh, of God's word, if that's not what's shaping us, what are we being shaped by? What's forming us? What is transforming us into the, its image? Because if it's not God's word, it, it's something else. And, and Satan, he's cunning. He'll whisper and shout lies through whatever means he needs to deceive us. And, and just to be really real with y'all, like in our hectic culture of go, 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 uh, we're more shaped by who we follow on social media than we are the word of God. Like, because when we, we're scrolling, like we are focused on what's in front of us. And we probably aren't that focused when we get into the word. God, unfortunately, I think that's just a sad truth for many believers today. We don't spend the meaningful time with God that we should. I, I want to do a little test with you guys uh, just to show you the value of hiding God's word in your heart. I'm going to say just some truths that like, I can clearly show you in scripture that these are true. That these statements are true for anyone who claims Jesus as their savior. And as I'm saying that, I want you to personalize them as if I was saying them about you. And I want you to say, uh, do I believe this to be true? Like, do I believe that these statements are true? Can you say you fully believe these statements? I'm just going to read some. I want you to think of for yourself. Can you say, I believe that in each one of these? God has good plans for me today. God has good plans for me today. God loves me with an everlasting love today. Nothing can separate me from the love of God today. God delights in me today. 
I can delight in God today. I'm forgiven today. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God today. I am more than a conqueror over trouble, difficulty, persecution today. I have everything I need to honor God today. I can do all things through Christ today. Every one of those is true if you're a follower of Jesus. And if you can't receive those as truth, if you struggle to say, I don't know if God loves me. I don't know if I have everything I need today. I'm not sure I feel that way. If you can't receive those as truth, that means you're accepting truth from somewhere else. And that's a truth that is not from God. It's a truth that says, there are no good plans for me today. No one delights me today. I'm a victim to the troubles of my life today. I can't do anything. I'm guilty. I need more to honor God. And if you can't accept that first list, the second one sounds more like the life that you're living in. The first list is all truth. God's word clearly shows us that. And the second list is all lies. Those, those aren't true. When it comes to receiving truth, we have to make sure that God's word is our primary source of truth. Uh, Hebrews 4 uh, verse 12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joy and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The best way to evaluate our motives is to get into Scripture. I want you to remember that that Satan, he counterfeits what God creates. He doesn't want us to walk in the truth of God's word. He wants us to leave the word and listen to his lies. That's what he wants. He counterfeits what God's great. Uh, and every time I hear the word uh, counterfeit, I think about a movie, uh, Catch Me If You Can. You guys, you guys remember that movie? Got me thinking about it. It's with uh, Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Cliff Notes version. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's uh, counterfeiting checks. He's getting money from it. Tom Hanks is the agent who's trying to catch this guy who's counterfeiting millions. Uh, loosely based on a true story, I don't think the guy was quite that successful in real life. Uh, but this guy counterfeiting, uh, I was just kind of thinking about it. He takes something that's valueless. It has no value. It has no worth. And he convinces people that this thing that has no value, he convinces them that it does have value value. He creates these checks that they look real, but really aren't at all. And he gets value from them. But it's something that doesn't have any value at all. It has no actual value. And that just got me thinking, God creates us with value. We are all made in his image and there couldn't be a higher value put on any of us than to say we were made in the image of God. But here's the deal. Satan counterfeits what God creates. Satan counterfeits what God creates. Satan tries to convince us that, that we don't have any real value, that we need to, to work and achieve to show that we have value. And that is a lie from the enemy. We need to reject that. What God creates, Satan counterfeits. A counterfeit isn't real. It's masquerading as the real deal. It wants people to believe it's the real deal, but it's not. There are people who, uh, they look at fake bills all the time. Or for the government, they try to discern, uh, 
distinguish what's real from what is fake. And they could tell you if this, is a, this bill is real or if it's fake. And I think a lot of us, what we would do is we would want to look at those fakes and see how are these made and what they do instead of spending all their time looking at the lies, looking at the fake thing, they spend their time looking at the real one. They spend their time looking at the truth, not the counterfeit, because when they know the truth, it's easier to spot that fake. Because when they know the truth, it's easy to say that's a lie. Church, can you spot the counterfeits in your life? The lies the enemy is selling you? The way you reject those lies, the way you reject those counterfeits, it's to spend time in truth. To spend time in the word of God. Friends, is it possible that you're being led by things that just simply aren't true? You haven't spent time uh, with truth. You haven't spent that time with the truth, so you end up accepting the lies. I don't want to shame anyone, not at all. I want to give you the tools that we see in scripture to live a rich and satisfying life, the one that God has for you. We're only as healthy as our information is accurate. When we're grounded in scripture, we're grounded in truth. It allows us to walk with confidence where God has called us. I'm going to look at 1 Timothy 1.5 again. Purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. A clear conscience. That's our head. That's the facts. A clear conscience isn't from knowing all the right answers or, or being perfect. A clear conscience comes from doing the things you know you should be doing. We can get caught up in, in doing things on the fringes, things we're not sure about, things we feel like we maybe should do. And you're, you're questioning, is this the God or anything to do? I'm just, not, I'm just not sure. And there's some wisdom to wrestling that out and get, getting that tension solved. But you get a clear conscience, not from the stuff you have questions about, but by simply doing the things you know you need to be doing. And what happens is we feel like we know the simple things. Like, I get it. Uh, but if we're honest, we feel like we get over them or, or perhaps maybe we feel like we're above them. That we don't need those basics anymore. We're, we're out of 101. We're ready for 102. All right, we're ready for the next step. We're ready for the next thing. We don't do the things that we know. It's to get a clear conscience. We just need to do the things we know we should do. I saw a, a story. It was about uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. All right. Many basketball fans, you know what I'm talking about, all right? TNT crew, and he was, he was a junior in high school, is the story. Uh, and his basketball coach was, was finished up basketball practice, and his high school basketball coach said, Kenny, what are your plans after school? And Kenny responded, I want to play basketball. And he just said, like, hey, that's what I'm doing. Like, that's what, that's what I'm about. That's what I'm going to do that. And uh, his coach laughed at him, like not in a mean, not in a sarcastic way. He, like, genuinely did not think that he was serious. And after a moment, he realized that, uh, Kenny, he wasn't, he wasn't joking. And the coach said, I just didn't know you were about it like that. Like, I've never seen you put in that kind of work. Like, he wasn't trying to be negative. He was just speaking the truth. So from his junior year 
to his senior year. Says that Kenny, he, he worked like he had never worked before. He coached some of the truth. It, it put a fire in him. I need to do this. If I want to do this, I need to do the things I know I need to do. He had worked harder than he ever had. And you can, you can find this interview. He says he was just serious about the fundamentals. He didn't go get a new coach. He didn't go find new drills. He didn't go try new strategies. He did the drills. He had the coach, everything that he had. But one thing's changed. He did them consistently and he did them at a high level. Instead of just doing them when somebody else told him to do them, he did them on his own. And he says that he went from not really being on anybody's radar for college uh, as a junior to by the time of the end of his senior year, he was a McDonald's All-American. No growth spurt, nothing changed except for one thing. He got serious about the fundamentals. He did the basics consistently and at a high level. There's no shortcuts in basketball. You got to put in the work. There's no shortcuts in your career. You got to put in the work. There's no shortcuts in your life. You got to put in your work. There's no shortcuts in your faith. You got to show up and do the work. I want you to invest your time by getting into the word of God and allowing truth to just saturate your soul. That's back to the basics. You probably know that. Let's do it consistently and at a high level. The best way to discern if something is a lie isn't to stare at the lies and try to, to weed through them, see where it's false. The best way to discern it is to be saturated in the truth, to be so surrounded by the truth that you can easily see the lies. All of us have a part of us that wants to see the facts, to look at the truth and to let the truth inform our decisions. That's what we need. We need the primary source of truth to be the word of God. Let's pray.